0: podcast. Thank you for joining us tonight or this afternoon, whatever you have to be watching. Good morning. I don't know. You can find all of our 2,500 stadium reviews, news items, and other feature stories on our website, stadiumjourney.com. Connect with us on our social media channels. Find us at Stadium Journey. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of it. Uh, audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast are found by searching HIAC Talk Radio Network on your podcast app or on Spotify or on Apple. Video Cybercast be found at Stadium Journey's YouTube page. Dan, you always distract me when you start doing that. <laughs> and uh, find our old classic episodes at vocnation.com. And we record live. We stream most times. Uh, not tonight due to technical difficulties, but that's all right. Uh, every other Tuesday night, 8 Eastern, at danlaw.tv. And our starting lineup tonight, Dave Cotney. Follow him on social media, on Twitter, at profan Nine. Mark Viquez can be found at Ball Park Hunter. The other guy, Dan Calachico. Find him at DanLaw83. And I'm Paul Baker. You can follow me at PuckmanRI. And uh, like I said, this is an overtime podcast. So what we do on our overtime podcast, usually, is recap where we've been in the last couple of weeks. So you can all hear about our wonderful An exciting stadium journeys. Uh, Let's see, whose turn is it to go first? Uh, Mark, you want to lead us off tonight? Yes, I'll lead it off.
1: Um, Went to Victory Field to check out the Indians for I think the third or fourth time this year. However, this was a time I went with friends. We sat on the grass lawn. We had some wine slushies. I brought some food in. And uh, it was one of those times I just got to hang out with some friends I haven't seen in a while rather than be that guy walking around taking videos and pictures and doing all sorts of stuff so kind of enjoyed that aspect of it Uh, after that went to Ball State football and it was um, this past Saturday they were playing Toledo so you had a lot of Toledo fans make the two and a half hour drive to Shulman Stadium Uh, not not a fancy stadium but uh, you know a stadium that that works. It, it's, it's got, it holds a lot of people. The place was packed. It was a really, really great crowd. It was family day. I got there about an hour and a half early. I can tell you this, getting into certain parking spots in the stadium was a pain in the butt because they close off uh, that main artery into the parking lots. And if you don't know the area, you just don't know where to go. I must have circled around the whole complex a couple of times before I figured out what I was doing. Uh, When I arrived, it was funny because the tailgating, I was not expecting the tailgating at a Ball State Cardinals game to be that intense. You had the student section, and then you had sort of the alumni section, and uh, both were drunk and having fun and playing music and grilling and cooking, and the the students were off the the hook, and I'm walking around with my camera shooting videos, and they're like, chirp, 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 screaming obscenities, and you know, college college girls are coming up to me and saying, "Hey, come to Ball State. This is great." And you know, I told my wife everything, and my wife's like, "Well, they're in college, having fun and drunk." You yeah, couldn't
2: couldn't go one week without mentioning the girls. They like, just <laughs> couldn't. Just, I tell couldn't you, in when trouble when again.
1: That, when that video comes up, and Alyssa is on there inviting me to some you know keg party, some frat party that night. Yeah, I'm gonna get in trouble, but Stadium Journey presents I, <laughs> "Girls
0: Gone Wild."
1: <laughs> That's exactly what it was, but it was it was <laughs> guys, guys and girls just really, you know, stuff I probably did at Indiana State football games. Oh, heck no, we didn't do it. We didn't go to the football games, but if I went to a college football power, you know, if I went to any kind of decent college football uh, university, yeah, I probably would be doing some of the things these kids did back in the late '90s. Uh, mid to late nineties. So yeah, it was just a lot of fun being out there because I'm used to minor league baseball and, and major league baseball games this year. And this is just a totally different animal atmosphere. A lot of fun. Uh, they, they had the band out there playing in the parking lot before the game. They had the mascot and the cheer team. And then you get inside. And I, I don't know if they're not prepared for these type of crowds. I don't know if that's the norm for ball state games. It was kind of, kind of a little bit bigger crowd than I had imagined. Uh, the concession lines, it was about a 30 to 40 minute wait to get food at the concession lines. They had about five opened up, and I was recording the fans online. I said, Hey, how long are you guys waiting? And they're like, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. So I was a little bit surprised on on how long those lines were. And it wasn't as if they were waiting to get, you know, they're waiting to get basic hot dogs and nachos and pretzels and beer. So, uh, yeah, Ball State's got to fix that up a little bit because. You're missing out on most of the game. You know, if you go, go a couple times to get something to eat or drink. So, but a lot of fun, great weather. And, you know, Ball State, you can buy tickets for 20 bucks in advance and get two craft beers and a ticket. Uh, you can get tickets for 10 bucks if you just want to get 10. Parking is five to $10. I mean, for, you know, and they're playing army this weekend. So if you want to go see army play here in Indiana, not going to cost you that much so a, a lot of fun you know and, and you get there a little bit early to tailgate you really can have a time so Did I, I giggle
0: every time you say ball state <laughs> bill state chirp what is it chirp chirp they do that little <laughs> chirp chirp
1: that's
3: their thing what were you going to say yeah dude? i was just to say maxion you got to love match maxion yeah ridiculously underrated no,
1: it is. It is, and and there's some, you know, like Toledo was. I think a three-hour drive for me in Miami.
0: Oh, Red Hawks
3: is... I love Toledo. It was in my in my top oh, really? five college football experiences. Is Toledo and, and the and one that's the thing. got
0: the cannon pointed at their rivals?
3: Toledo's got the missile that's yeah. pointed at uh, at Bowling Green. That's awesome. Yeah,
1: and and I was talking to some of the fans there from Bowling. I mean, not from Bowling Green, from Toledo, and I mean they're knowledgeable people. Tell me, I need to come up and. You know, it was, it was a good time. I, I, I wasn't, I was like, okay, let me just go there, shoot a video, update the review, but much better time than I had thought. So.
0: Real quick question, guys, triple A season extended as far as the major league season. What do you guys think of that? A good thing or a bad thing? Oh, it's
1: always a good thing for more minor league baseball. Mm -hmm. I love
0: it. I love it. Um, Yeah, I love it. and, And I love not that they're not doing the 40 man taxi squad in the major leagues for September. So that's another reason why they did it, but just just wanted to get your opinions. Yeah, All right, I don't Dave. Know.
3: No,
0: yeah, eh. I, I don't know. Personally, I like it. All right, Dave. How about you? Travels over the last couple of weeks.
3: Yeah, three games this last this last bit. So, oh uh, Canada. Oh Canada. Oh Canada. OUA Canada. So OUA football uh, kicked off. So um, two two games in Waterloo and. Uh, you know, this is our first real experience with with the COVID protocols, and the, the OUA and the universities have been extremely extremely cautious. So, uh, started off with um, you know my my trip to Wilfrid Laurier. Of course, you know anyone who listens to the podcast or knows me that this is this is my thing. Uh, it's a it's been a bit of a, a tough start. The it starts with uh, no season tickets happening, so it's a game to game basis, and the capacity is way low. It's the, the capacity is around 700, which is really I'm surprising to me because the capacity at uh, University Stadium where Laurier plays is in the is, is somewhere around 4,000, 5,000. So. Uh, it was a little confusing. They, and I'm not sure why they did this. Um, There's a bit of rumblings that, you know, part of the stadium has been condemned. Uh, But basically they had only the first like six rows uh, that were available. So, you know, there's all of this stuff you got to go through and you have to be fully vaccinated to go. uh, So you got to go and show your, Show your 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 vaccine um, passport that you go through the, the school app, and then you got to show your your COVID uh, your COVID screening questionnaire, and then you got to show your ID, and you got to show your ticket, and you go through security. So there's all of this stuff, and then you get into the stadium, and you know there's there's people all over. You got to be six feet apart. You got a social distance or whatever. But there's not enough seats. Like you know, it was like they had pushed the like the whole top of the stadium was basically cut off. So, you know, we were really in tight there. So um, that was a, that was a different scenario. And, and actually the following weekend was homecoming and I couldn't even get tickets for homecoming because of the way that they were selling them. They were sold out in 20 minutes and they went on sale, you know, at noon on a Wednesday or something. So, you know, those of us with jobs, it's a little challenging. So, yeah, I mean, Laurier was a little, you know, I I want to say a little disappointing. Um, That night, though, I went to Waterloo and and to see the other side of the coin, they did it totally different. Uh, Waterloo uh, did sell season tickets, so I bought season tickets for Waterloo. Uh, We're down to... The enemy? Yeah, sort of. I don't know. Frenemy. They're they're, they're, the frenemy. Um, But they're down to only three home games this year instead of the usual four. Uh, I would assume because of COVID. But what Waterloo did is they they designated all their seats, so they labeled each seat, which they hadn't done before. Um, their stands capacity is only about a thousand, uh, so you know that that gap wasn't there. But you were in reserved seating, so it was you didn't have that stress of like all of a sudden there's all these people around you and you know, I, I mean, I wasn't too I wasn't too bothered by that uh, by having the people there, but you know, when they're yelling at you to to social distance, and you're like, well, okay, where where am I gonna sit? <laughs> you know, so Waterloo was actually a bit of a, a better experience. Um, their quarterback is uh, actually they have a quarterback and a, a defensive back who are twins, and they've come back for like a fifth year, so they're on the uh, on the CFL watch list. So. Waterloo's probably the better team this year. So, So I did do that and then uh, hit my official stadium journey review for the Toronto Argonauts. So, I hadn't been to the Argonauts because CFL had obviously didn't play last year. Uh, so, it was out to BMO Field and that was kind of interesting. Um, pod seating again, you know, so socially distant seating all planned out. I guess the bonus is, is that, like, Capacity was about 7,000. Well, the capacity was about 9,000. They had about 7,500 at the game. Um, but previous to that, I mean, the Argonauts, the Argonauts have struggled a bit uh, over the years with attendance, and the attendance was only normally about 12 or 13. So it wasn't too much off of a regular kind of Argonauts game. But, you know, next podcast, we talked uh, talk to Mike Hogan. You know, he could give us the lowdown on, On the Argonauts, but it was a beautiful night. Uh, The Argos had a played a great game, Um, got into a little a little back and forth with our buddy Tim Capper because the Argos were playing his Montreal Alouettes, and uh, yeah, it was a good time. So that was it. Those were my
0: trips. Nice. Uh, I had three trips myself. Well, two trips and and a job. Uh, Let's see. To probably. Oh, I don't want to say that. Uh, one of the smallest FBS stadiums in the country, and I'm talking about McGuirk Stadium on the campus of UMass Amherst. For uh, one of the the worst teams in F- FBS this year, the UMass Minutemen, they hosted Eastern Michigan and, and got royally trounced. Uh, there's going to be an interesting game at McGuirk in a couple of weeks where UMass and UConn are playing. And I know USA Today does a whole... 1 through 130 ranking of all the uh, FPS teams. UMass is at 129. UConn is at 130. So that game is going to be epic. Almost wish I was going to be there.
3: Well, any team that, that gets killed by Eastern Michigan is in trouble because that's been a terrible program for a long
0: time. <laughs> uh, McGwork is a really simple facility. It's got a section of, you know, a giant section of bleachers on one side. Giant sectional bleachers on the other side. They have made some improvements to the place over the years, but it will never be confused as one of the nicer facilities in college football. What was really funny this week was that it was really hot the day I went up there. It was about 80 degrees and sunny. And the sun comes up over one side of the field. So one of the grandstands is in shade and one of the grandstands is in sun. So you can imagine on an 80, 80 degree day with the sun beating down, everybody was on the shady side of the field. And one of my favorite pictures that I took that day is there was a little sliver on the far side of the field, little sliver of shade that was put up by uh, like a concrete wall. And people were lined up against the edge of the bleachers in that one little shady spot. It was really funny. And at UMass, if you happen to go to a later game in the season, Everyone will be on the sunny side of the field. So um yeah, UMass uh used to be known pretty derisively as Zoomass. Uh the atmosphere doesn't quite reach that level. Uh, Mark, I didn't go around and catch a lot of people, you know, a lot of a lot of students. Well, I wasn't going on filming, so maybe I would have had if I had a camera in my hand. Uh, you know, it wasn't the rowdy place. Most of the students leave at halftime. They're just there to make a make their presence known. So uh only 7,000 people in this 17,000-seat stadium. What was disappointing is uh, the week before, Boston College was actually in town. First time Boston College had been there since the 80s. And uh, they only drew 12,000 to Western Mass. So that, w- that was sad. But, I mean, it's, it was a good time. McWorks, it doesn't do anything fancy. But it's, it's a decent enough place. The craft beer game has grown strong since my last visit, so that that would be a plus if I was partaking. But I was up in the press box. So that was uh, McWorks Stadium. This past weekend I started hockey season. Went up and caught a game, a North American Hockey League game. That's a Tier 2 Junior League here in the United States. Uh, where was I? Uh, the New England Sports Village in Attleboro, Massachusetts. I couldn't think of the name of it for a second. Saw the Northeast Generals, the uh, New England Sports Village, one of the basic, your basic community rink. It's got two full size rinks, it's got a three quarter size rink, and it has a pretty cool goalie pad, which really made me want to go out on the ice really bad when I saw this little little goalie rink. It's pretty cool looking. Uh, the facility was built when they built this, and Attleboro is a suburb of Providence. It's located about 10, 15 minutes outside of Providence, just over the state line. When they built this, they had envisioned building this giant sports complex with the hockey rinks, a soccer field, a lacrosse field, a field house, a small hotel. The place just hasn't done the business that they expected. And they actually filed for bankruptcy a few weeks ago. I don't know how that's going to affect the Northeast Generals, but the rink itself, your basic community rink, had the bleachers on one side. Um, Really bad PA. Couldn't understand a thing the PA guy was. Saying, which is something I pay attention to closely now. But as far as a place to go catch a game, <laughs> not you know, not your worst place to catch a game. It was about <laughs> 150 people there, you know, all families, all billets. I think so. Yeah, it was, it was good to be at a hockey rink though. So I'm not going to talk badly about it. But it was yeah, ba- your basic community facility. And then uh, last weekend I was at you. I start with football behind the mic again as they played Pittsburgh State. So, some Division Three action. One thing I learned that the uh, I know I did a review of Cressy Field many years ago, and I said that the PA system was horrible back then. I can tell you for a fact, it's not horrible anymore. My wife actually came to the game to say hi, and she said she when you park at UMass, you have to park a good distance away from the field. And she said when she got in out of her car, she could hear me crystal clear. So we got that going for us. So those were my trips over the past couple of weeks which is nice we, yeah we got that going for us which is nice uh yeah, yeah in had a couple of conversations i've gotten to use the phrase we got uniforms and everything <laughs> so I, I love being able to throw that into when i talk about the boston pride yeah we got uniforms and everything <laughs> i love throwing that into a no,
2: that's that's a something we didn't talk about yet the pride
0: the the the, the nwhl yeah yeah they're, they're not the nwhl anymore they are now the p B F no P H F. I know I'm gonna, gonna screw this. I'm gonna screw this up many, many, many What's times. What's Vaki, Paul? <laughs> I was thinking basketball, I think. I don't know. Yeah, Professional Hockey Federation. And I... I know I'm gonna call it Foundation at least once during a game this season.
2: Just write it on your notes and big permanent marker Federation.
0: Well, hopefully it's on the ice right in front of me, but I will screw <laughs> There you it. go. I will still screw it up. Uh,
2: I I liked the name change. I, I liked the way they were going because there was a lot of um, social media chatter about the formerly known as NWHL, not putting their money where their mouth was as far as equality and, you know, um, transgender. There were, there were, there were people within the staff that had histories of a homo of uh, transphobic homophobic behavior. And uh, they went a complete 180 from saying nothing to going. Not only are we changing this, we're making it, we're renaming it, and we're we're on the basis that we're completely gender fluid. Period. End of story. Yep. And I think that's important.
0: Yeah, these Absolutely, days. I really do. Agreed. I think it was a good, it was a good change. And really, the only negative things that I saw were people who were upset that now. Oh, no, now my T-shirt has the wrong name on it.
2: I didn't see a lot of people complaining except for, shit, I'm going to have to buy another T-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I like the three. I, I, me personally, um, with no disrespect to the WNBA, because I've been watching a lot of that because I've been, I was disappointed with a certain heart in basketball. So I started watching the WNBA more because um, there's a f- local Philadelphia, um, uh, Natasha Cloud. She is on the uh, Mystics here in D.C. And uh, no disrespect to the WNBA, almost got off track there, Paul. Um, but I like the three letters. I like better; it just sounds better. So either way, it was a it was a positive. I just, their message behind it. I'm glad. I'm glad they're doing it.
0: Yeah, and we had another topic we wanted to talk about this evening, and uh, that was the news coming out of. Well, where, where was it actually coming out of? Was it coming out of Tampa, Tampa. or Montreal? Out of Tampa. But- Dave, why don't you take that for us?
3: <laughs> well, the, I guess the, the news, the real news is that um, the Rays have made the playoffs, and there's going to be a sign uh, that is going to be put up in Tropicana Field, which is Ooh. basically going to allude to this whole idea of the Rays uh, sharing time. Um, <laughs> they're, they're like the, the, uh, the child in the divorced parent in the divorce household where they're going to bounce back and forth between mom and dad. They're going to go from, uh, they're going to do some time apparently in Tampa and some time in Montreal. Supposedly.
2: Montre, Tampa, uh, x-rays. How
0: <laughs> <laughs> <The> x-rays? <laughs>
2: I think, isn't that what Kelly came up with la- uh, last year? The x-rays? I think that's hers. Uh, or so that fun. might've been, that might've been Tim Capper in the chat. I can't remember who it was now. Somebody came up with that.
0: So I on mean, this?
3: Is is this is this really a thing? Uh, I don't know. It's, there was a funny enough on a an, on another website there was a story about the uh, the plan for the new Tampa Rays stadium in Florida, which and I I've said it before I I don't see I don't see anybody spending a billion dollars on a stadium. For a part-time team i mean i don't see i don't see montreal doing that either now the city of montreal has uh, a local election coming up um very soon i think so the the local authorities have been very pro uh expos returning and building a ballpark and all of those kinds of things uh of course that would require the current administration to come back to really put that into fruition so uh, we'll see, I guess, but I personally, I, I don't see Montreal putting up that kind of money without some sort of uh, wink, wink. Oh yeah, uh, uh. <laughs> and and the the lease at Tropicana Field is like ironclad, and there's very little wiggle room that's happening. So 2028 is kind of the magic, the magic time, uh, but we'll. You know, even if they say, okay, you know, at 2028 20, we're out of here, like, are they willing to do that and, and to really, you know, kill the kill any sort of a, a home crowd? Um, and it's not just the atmosphere, right? Like, that's money, that's money in the pockets. That's like the whole thing. So, you know, are you going to buy season tickets if if the Rays say, yeah, we're out of here? Well, okay, fine, then I, I'll I'll. Save my money, right? And, and Montreal saw that too. You know, the writing was on the wall for years, and and the crowds just went lower and lower and lower and lower to the point where you know they were they were drawing three thousand. But can you think about this? You could have a team that shares Tropicana Field and Olympic Stadium
0: <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> Uh, oh, that makes processed. no
2: sense in this economy. <laughs> it makes no, no, I don't see Tampa Bay uh, approving a one billion dollar stadium with anyway.
0: So is this a way to play the two cities off each other and see I, who blinks? And I who guess this is
2: park? a play. Like I guess they're just going to see the two the um, governing parties play play ball with each other. Basically, I. I don't understand. See, I used to be of the... Um, I used to be of the mind uh, misinformed, of course, that well it was the fans that killed the Expos. And of course, you learn how to research shit. <laughs> and then you go, that's not really what happened, is it? Yeah, Jeffrey Loria was not a fan. <laughs>
3: and he did a darn good job to kill... no, so, ...to kill the Expos. Yeah, not... not part- uh, and... and the players association slash owners who went on strike in 94 when the Expos were the best team in baseball uh,
2: had a hand in that as well. But it's just, it's just messy to, it's, it's like part of me is as just as a general fan to know what happened and just selfishly to see the chance that they can get back what they took kind of like the Winnipeg Jets thing, kind of on a smaller, on a bigger scale, though, with MLB to get what they kind of had taken away from. I kind of want to see it. But at the same time, that's a lot of money. And you also got to convince Montreal to build a new stadium because they're not going to play Olympic. So you got you got two cities that are going to try to figure out. I I I don't know. I, I don't I, I have I literally I don't have any idea which way this is going. It's fun to watch though. I, I can say talks.
1: it was I could say it was unexpected. The first time I heard about it was uh, Dan's Danza uh, comment. and I'm like, what? And then now they're gonna ha- Tampa Bay's gonna hang a sign, the Expo sign during the playoffs. i it, it's just an odd story because I remember when the Expos were playing in Puerto Rico. I don't think it was half of their games, but they were playing a series of games. Yeah, there was talk that they may move the team to Puerto Rico and I'm thinking well, that's kind of odd. So I, I just I'm gonna wait for the story to come out. This is like the XFL CFL story. I'm just gonna wait. I'm sure I'm sure we're gonna get a we're gonna get a, a definite answer in November. That's gonna make sense, but the half Montreal on Tampa Bay share a franchise. So am I expecting them to be called the Expos of Montreal and then the Rays in Tampa Bay? Are the folks in Tampa Bay going to like that? I mean, and this is a good team. This is a team that could win the World Series this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Or or at least they're pennant. We're not talking about the Tampa Bay Devil Rays of, you know, 10, 12, you know, well, maybe about 20 years ago. We're talking about a solid-run franchise that, you know, probably should have its own – somebody should figure out how to build a stadium down there already. I know a lot of people in Tampa Bay don't like to cross the bridge into St. Petersburg because apparently it's this horrible place to go to, but you know, I think my, my best option is major league baseball expands, puts a team in Montreal and maybe puts a team in, in Portland or Nash, uh Nashville, wherever, and and try to figure out the Tampa Bay situation. But, I'm just gonna
3: wait and see. I'll see what they say. We can just speculate right now. I'm I, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't claim to know that, you know, the neighborhood in Saint Petersburg is bad or anything like that. I, I will say this, it is not a fun drive to to get through yeah. to get through there. And and if you're coming from further, like if you're coming from Orlando or whatever, like I four is just it's it's all good until you kinda get within <sighs> the bridge, and then it's just putt, 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 putt. And it's like, it's like you know, you can see it, it's there. I can reach it, but (laughs) I just can't get there, it's so slow. (laughs) But I think you're right. Like, don't underestimate 30 versus 32 teams, right? There's 30, and 32 is a nice number, and expansion money, and I think expansion, is is playing an undertone in this whole scenario with the Expos and the Rays and Oakland and Vegas and Portland and everybody.
0: All right, we'll have to wait back and see. For stadium geeks like us, it's it's the best, but yeah, we'll see what happens. This ain't the major leagues that we grew up with. It's funny, in uh, the man cave, I've got a vintage set, of little baseball pennants that I had when I was a kid and I was looking at them the other day, half the teams are gone. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's where we're going to wrap things up for tonight. Thanks for joining us for this overtime session. And thanks as always for your support, Dan, where can our listeners follow you outside of the podcast?
2: All social media platforms, Dan law 83.
0: Ooh, they're not going to follow that scary face. <laughs> <laughs> they're not going to follow this scary face. Yeah. Uh, Mark, Mark, where, do you have any stadium journeys planned for the next couple of weeks? Uh, where can you I was be supposed followed?
1: To go to, I was supposed to go to Moorhead State this Saturday, but I think those plans –
0: who would have been next? You went from Brawl State to Moorhead State. To Moorhead
1: yeah. – Yeah, so – uh, I don't think that's going to happen, which kind of stinks because that's going to probably prevent me from updating uh, the uh, Moorhead State Games. So, uh, but that, what are you going to do? Life and tribulations of a stadium journey rider. But I may be somewhere else, somewhere soon. So, follow me on social media platforms uh, Ballpark Hunter. I'm also on TikTok. I don't know what the heck I'm doing on there, though. So,
2: what the fuck? <laughs> you can follow me. <laughs>
1: I'm also I on know.
2: TikTok, but I have no idea what I'm doing there. I,
1: I, I, I don't know. I, I you know, I have a kid in my class that constantly is doing some kind of dance on
2: TikTok. My 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 favorite TikTok uh, game is to find anti vaxxer videos getting posted and then finding that their accounts have been deleted. That's my favorite. Yeah. Well, TikTok toe game.
3: Yeah, well. So, hey how about you there's more than enough become...
2: social media platforms uh, <laughs> it, yeah.
3: as the french would say no TikTok, tock pa <laughs> uh <laughs> oh, <there you> go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no no TikTok here yeah. uh i don't think i'm really going anywhere i there might be a um there might be a football game in my future uh my son is playing ball ball so it's uh it's back to the local ballpark which is a little chillier now um but the literary journey continues. Just finished Out of the Pocket, which is Kirk Herbstreet's book, which was really not too bad at all. And, of course, I'm into right now Year of the Rocket. It's uh, 91. Uh, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty excellent. And I'm sure we might just talk about that next week with Mike Hogan. Uh, on Twitter world. and Instagram, but not TikTok.
0: at COVID. Well, nobody else is going anywhere. So I guess I'm going to make up for everybody over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I've had a couple very recent additions to my travel schedule. It looks like Thursday night I will be at (laughs) Mohegan Sun Arena for for game two of the Connecticut Sun and Chicago Sky WNBA playoff semifinals. I was just uh, given some free tickets, so I think I'll have to take advantage of those. On Friday night, I will be at Schneider Arena on the campus of Providence College. Uh, The PC women's team is playing an exhibition game against the Boston Pride. So uh, the PA guy for the, the PC hockey teams reached out to me to ask for some pronunciations. So my question back to him. So, so which names are you having problems with besides Mallory Soliotis? And uh, he, he had a few that he was way off on. So glad we could, uh, we could catch up and I'll probably head up on Friday and catch the pride in that exhibition game. On Saturday, I will be heading up to Durham, North Carolina and Wildcat stadium on the campus of the university of New Hampshire. Did I say Durham, North Carolina? All right, I'm not going to North Carolina. I'm going to Durham, New Hampshire. That's where the University of New Hampshire is. Uh, Got to catch the UNH Wildcats in their homecoming game against one of the powerhouses of FCS, James Madison University. And then the following weekend, I'll be back behind the mic at Cressy Field for another UMass Dartmouth football game. You can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter or Instagram at PuckmanRI. And uh, don't forget, once again, Check out the website, stadiumjourney.com to find all of our stadium reviews, our news items, and our feature stories, like the one Marcus put out about the Charleston Charlies. Connect with us on our social media channels at Stadium Journey. Like, comment, share, everywhere. Find the audio versions of the Stadium Journey podcast on HIAC Talk Radio Network on your search app, or you can find us on Spotify or other apps of the like. Video simulcasts of the podcast. Hey, look at that branding. Video simulcasts are on our YouTube page. Check them out there. Classic back catalog of our old episodes as we get ready to start Season 5. It can be found at vocnation.com. And as Dan was just showing you, if you happen to see it, we record live every other Tuesday night at 8 Eastern at twitch.tv slash danlaw83. Join us again in two weeks when we will be joined by our old friend Mike Hogan. For a discussion about the canadian football league for dan mark and dave this is paul wishing you all safe journeys and close games hope to see you on the road real soon